Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of our Southridge member podcast called Finding Our Way, uh, launching a bit of a new twist uh, here with the launch of our new ministry season. And uh, to do that, I'm joined by our new ministry services director, Alicia Ha. Alicia, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Uh, This is a first time podcast for you. So we want to spend a couple moments doing what we have typically done and get to know you a little bit. So uh, just give us a bit of background on your story, where you come from, kind of what's curious to know about you, and we'll get into it a little bit more. Okay, sure. Um, So my family actually moved to uh, Niagara before my third birthday because my mom fell in love with the area while visiting a church host family. Uh, I'm the oldest of three kids. I have a sister and a brother and two nieces that are totally my world these days. I'm single, never been married, still looking for that wonderful Christian husband. Uh, I have two uh, sponsored girls from Compassion that I hope to visit one day, one in Uganda and the other in Tanzania. Very cool. I'm sure knowing you that you're going to make a point of visiting both of those kids. (laughs) Yes. Um, Now, your journey onto our staff was quite curious. Uh, This ministry services role, people probably don't know this, but uh, this wasn't your first staff position. Right. So talk about your former career life and then your interim career life and how you've got into now this role in ministry services. Okay, sure. Um, so I actually have a degree in um, biology and civil engineering. I graduated from engineering and moved back to Niagara to work at my father's consulting company. And sort of during that time, I was struggling a little bit about who my true self is, um, kept feeling something was lacking. I was actually being sort of haunted by the thought of on Judgment Day, God would kind of ask me, like, why did I not use the gifts and talents he gave me to their fullest potential? So that kind of started me on a self-discovery journey for the past four years. Um, In 2017, after 18 years of practice, I actually decided to leave engineering completely. Southridge is the Church of Engineering re- Rejects. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of how I got on staff is a little bit of a neat story. So in 2016, I dialed back my engineering to part-time, sold my house, moved into my parents' rental apartment, left the well in location, came back to St. Catharines, and started to explore some things that I really enjoyed, like baking, essential oils, holistic health. At that same time, Southridge started the pilot program, Southridge Jam Company, So I actually signed up to volunteer in the kitchen because I felt comfortable in the kitchen and wanted to learn from Cam Block, who was the shelter director. Yeah. And so you started getting involved in Jamco. Yeah. One thing led to another there. Yeah. Um, Ben actually kind of tapped me on the shoulder um, to see if I wanted to help out with Cam in the shelter kitchen um, in an an administrative support um, way. So that's how I kind of started on staff. Right. And then that moved actually into some Jamco work uh, yeah. where you worked with Brendan Nicholson for the last little while. Correct. Kind of running the almost the science, kind of the engineering yeah, yeah. of the uh, of the jam making process. And then from there, uh, you've considered now this ministry services role and been into it for just about a month. Yep. Yep. Um, I know that we've had Vicki Reimer on the podcast a couple times discussing this department that we call Ministry Services, but just since you're in charge of it now, review for us as a membership, uh, what does Ministry Services do? What are some of the areas that it includes? Sure. This kind of stuff. Um, So Ministry Services' um, main function is actually to serve the infrastructure of the other ministries in our church, sort of on a day-to-day basis. Um, 
and these areas really include anything from finance, um, HR, communications, IT, and tech support, and facilities. So, um, yeah, yeah. Rather, rather than force all of our ministries to kind of figure out those things on their own, we've pulled those supports out to provide common support to all of our ministries in those main kind of ways. And so... Uh, from your perspective, I know it's certainly important, but why would you say ministry services is an important department in our church? Well, I think it's important because they help propel the other areas of ministries that we rely on as a church, right? So, for example, if our facilities aren't in tip-top shape, it's just not safe for people to come and attend the church. If projectors aren't working properly, Sunday morning worships become difficult, and we may have to go back to hymnals or start, and we won't be able to sing our favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> Right. If those programs can't get printed, then we don't know information, all that, all that kind of yeah. stuff. It, it really is the means to the end. Uh, and if you're around here on staff and certainly involved in the ministry, you, uh, I think in a lot of ways have a greater appreciation for ministry services because it's one of those things that's working well when no one notices. Uh, and so it, internally, you certainly notice because they're coming alongside and providing that direct support behind the scenes. Uh, final question about that before we get into today's uh, conversation. If if someone wanted to be involved in ministry services, uh, give me a picture of some of the things that they could do, who, could they, who they could talk to, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah, there's actually lots of ways for people to plug into ministry services from a volunteer perspective. We're always looking for people to help out at the front desk, answering phones, financial support shoveling snow, cutting grass, landscaping, construction, trades, soundboard, wiring, creative work. The list is quite long and extensive, but if you're feeling interested in any of these areas or finding out more or wanting to find out more about these roles and that, feel free to uh, email info at southridgechurch.ca and we can help you get plugged in. Uh, even if you're an engineering reject, you could certainly <laughs> plug right. in and join people like Alicia and That's I right. in, in a greater degree of church work. Hey, uh, while it's still fresh, uh, what I wanted to do today uh, in profiling one of our leaders around here was to allow our membership not just to get to know you better, but to kind of enter in to this journey of you now becoming a senior leader. This has been a cool journey, and it's been a cool journey for me to watch. And it's one of those things, especially because it's a promotion from within, that I thought would be cool to share with everyone so they can kind of see how this process uh, kind of works. And so it, I know that it started with you actually opening up your mind to the possibility of this position. So start at the very beginning and kind of walk us through what was happening in those first stages. Um, yeah, sure. So actually this this role kind of came, came about in that, um, in a little bit of a funny way, Carrie Jones, actually the family ministry pastor, uh, sort of tapped me on the shoulder back in the winter, just sort of after Vicki Reimer had announced that she was leaving her position. Um, and you'd, you'd been uh, serving, continue to, uh, in our Brave Girls program. That's probably relevant information. Correct. So yes, in yes. the course of that dynamic, uh, Carrie had mentioned this to you. Yeah. And so she kind of asked me to like, you know, um, consider the role and whether that was something that would be of interest. And I kind of said to her at that time, like it really wasn't on my radar. It wasn't something that I was looking to do or even change anything um, that was happening in my life because I was enjoying being semi-retired and building my own business, time freedom to travel more. So yeah. So that and, and, and let me, let me interject there because I want our members to hear lots of times when we're approached with some faith step, our initial reaction can be, uh, no thanks, I like my life. 
Yep. And you, I mean, honestly, admittedly, we're yep. in kind of a no thanks, I like my life place. Absolutely. So to appreciate that, you know, lots of us find ourselves in that place, as did you. So what, what happened from there to the point where you officially put your name forward as a candidate to be considered? Yeah, so actually, so yeah, several months passed and Carrie ran into me in Vineland and kind of again tapped me on the shoulder and just said, you know what, like your name keeps popping up in my mind and I think you should seriously consider this position. At that time, then I kind of told her that there were some concerns about the role and mainly was time freedom, um, not feeling qualified for the role because it encompasses so many different departments. Um, And there was also even like, you know, relational concerns in that, that whether I wasn't sure I wanted to change or um, have have being affected because of this position as a senior leader. Yeah, in English, because we (laughs) we talked about that, those relational concerns were, on the one hand, you know, friends of yours who were on staff and even friends of yours who were in the Department of Ministry Services, they thought, oh, I don't want to sabotage my friendship by becoming these people's boss. Uh, And other friends of yours who were either in the church or maybe formerly in the church or outside the church that, you know, maybe had had hurt or struggle or just different experiences in the church that you didn't want to sabotage that relationship with either. So there was a lot of, again, thanks, I like my life, I like my relationships, and I don't know if I want to mess with those. So eventually you got to the place. What what got you to the place of, I'm going to put my name forward as a candidate? Well, so yeah, so kind of um, Carrie recommended that I talk to you a little bit and just even flesh out some of my concerns. Um, And then I wanted to, after our meeting actually, Um, which was really great. I was able to spend some time like in true and serious prayer, discernment, deep journaling um, about this role, um, what God is calling me to do, whether this was even a suitable role for where my life was kind of going. So, so yeah. Yeah. And even I know you did some homework consulting with some other senior leaders, meeting with a Vicky, meeting with a Carrie and asking like, what's it like to work in one of those jobs? What, you know, asking Vicky, what's it like to work this job and, and, uh, you know, doing some due diligence on that, on that front. So, so that kind of launched you in to, you know, not just this discernment phase, but now the phase of actually deciding, am I going to take this job while people on the other end are deciding whether they're going to offer you this job. And uh, essentially that happens through our hiring process. Now we've never talked about our hiring process in the podcast. So I thought this would give us a kind of a cool, uh, opportunity to sort of discuss that. And basically we moved through three stages where we focused on one aspect of uh, work life uh, in each of the stages. And so the first stage we call the competence stage. Describe for us what we focused on in, in that place. Um, so yeah, so part of that competence um, stage um, was really involving understanding the role was about the management of people. Um, being the bridge between other ministries and bridging that gap um, between different personalities as well, Um, having the ability to sort of advocate for others and willing to have difficult conversations in order to serve the greater good of our community. Yeah, this was all about, the competence stage, gang, is all about the, what does it actually take to do this job? And and do I have the requisite kind of capabilities? Mm-hmm. Is this my wiring to to do this? And and in that, I think that we learned a couple things about you. Where 
Uh, part of this involves some assessments. I know you'd already yeah. done these assessments. Often we'll give a candidate these assessments, but things like Strengths Finder, considered Enneagram, SDI, those kinds of things. Uh, feedback a little bit about what we learned about you that we really tried to drill into around the competence phase. Yeah. So um, my so both my Enneagram and my um, Strength Finders, the number one thing is achiever. Uh, so that has sort of been my, my hard wiring always. Um, the other piece with the, um, strength finders would be the input, the restorative, futuristic, um, the learner as well. So those are sort of my top five in the strength finders. Yeah, which was really curious to us, given, like you said, that the job is essentially a ministry of management, but... You know, for us, especially talking with you and you being kind of curious about, I, I don't have a lot of familiarity with these various aspects of ministry services, that the input and learner side of you that figures stuff out and wants to understand it thoroughly, and the achiever Enneagram 3 side of you that wants to move things forward, especially in that futuristic way, you know, as we process that, it felt like those would be two tremendous assets to bring to a supervisory role in this way. And so as we kind of journeyed through that competence phase, seeing, you know, what Alicia brings and what the role requires, we felt like, hey, maybe there could be a good fit. And so we right. moved on to the next phase. The next phase is what we call the cultural phase. Walk us through that that phase of the hiring process. Um, so, yeah, that piece is... Um, all pretty much like, so part of like understanding whether you fit the culture at Southridge from a work perspective, um, there's five cultural values that are imperative for every staff, uh, being fanatically collaborative, never satisfied. We own it, others oriented, and we go there. And, uh, these, you know, just so our members hear these, these have been kind of long processed and distilled to represent what some of the uniquenesses are around working here. They're not right or wrong, but they're they're just unique. And you feel them disproportionately strongly around here. If you violate them or don't live them out, these are the things you get in trouble for the most kind of a kind of a thing. And so, you know, we kind of back and forth, uh, again, discerning with a group of us leaders, uh, these different cultural distinctives and how they would track with your wiring. So again, what did you learn about the cultural phase? Um, so part of the, so going through all five of them, the one that kind of felt the easiest or the strongest would have been we ne were never satisfied. Um, that's part of the achiever in me wanting to make sure whatever I'm producing is to the best quality, um, but also being willing to receive feedback or opinion on how to make it even better in that. So that way. Yeah, that value is kind of a, in Olympic language, kind of a Sidious, Altius, Fortius swifter, higher, stronger. We're always trying to be better and, and per, pursue the next level. And so for you, I mean, that one would naturally wire uh, the most with your Enneagram 3 and, and Achiever orientation. Right, totally. And then the piece that probably where I would feel my weakest part would be we go there. So, um, and that means like, you know, really having those tough conversations or, um, 
or engaging in in difficult um, difficult conversations or being in that tension and and that's probably mainly because I've worked so hard in my life to sort of fit in and gain the acceptance of everybody um, working hard to belong just because you know being Chinese and in a society that's predominantly white it's been it's been a struggle that I've always had to sort of face so so that's probably where my natural wiring goes is to not want to get into tough conversations. Um, but realizing now, though, like as we kind of were in this phase of me going through this interview, I've actually was being presented with different things that were happening in some of my roles at JAM, some of my personal stuff for me to actually go and have these conversations and realizing how much um, growth and um, healing those conversations actually have mm. and that. So, so it's been kind of cool to see how that sort of happens. Yeah, one of the things that was cool about that was, as you said, in your personal life, you were growing and having difficult conversations, period. The, the other side would be linking your strength mm -hmm. to difficult conversations, especially in a supervisory role. If you're trying to encourage and support progress in other people, you're so progress wired that to see non-progress or to see distracted progress or stifled progress, I, I kind of wondered how how such an achievement-oriented person could avoid not addressing that in, in those cases. And so, you know, we talked about that and, and kind of processed that. Eventually, though, discovering, hey, there are some I'm going to gravitate to more, some maybe not so much, or some that might be more difficult. You did feel like you could be a cultural fit around here based on that conversation around those distinctives. Yes. Yep. And uh, so from then we had a, from there we had a third phase called the chemistry stage, where we're just trying to kind of get a sense of the kind of relational positivity and, and uh, good fit from that perspective. And again, each of these phases had a different collection of leaders that sat in on the actual interviews. So talk about the chemistry phase for a little bit. Um, yeah, so this phase was actually meeting the entire ministry service team um, in that panel interview. And, um, and mainly that purpose was really to see if my personality would be cohesive and receptive by the others on the team. Like, would we work well together? And um, during this part of the interview, the ministry service team was actually encouraged to ask me any and all kinds of questions like managing style, past experience, so forth and that. So, yeah, kind of an important phase for us, especially if you think about this members, it, you know, Alicia has been a member of our staff team, been at staff retreats, comes to staff meetings, this kind of thing. So, you know, there's there's going to be a potential awkwardness when you have a group of largely full time staff, some who've been here for a long time all of a sudden getting told that some teammate is becoming their boss who hasn't even worked in their department. Right. So yep. to, to kind of call that out again, cause we go there yep. <laughs> to call that out and to let our ministry services department have their own interview of you and to have you get to have your own interview of the ministry services department was kind of cool mm -hmm. at a chemistry level. And yep. what would you say that you learned in, in that phase? Um, yeah. Like I, I just felt like, there was a lot of um, of pieces of just the ability to have open and honest conversations at the forefront, um, being able to voice what we're thinking, um, and just yeah, like it, it was it was nice. It, it, in all honesty, too, it was probably my most nervous phase of interview too yeah. because of that. 
Um, because I think the other two phases, it was a smaller group of people, so I could kind of hide, and it was totally low-key. Nobody really knew besides leadership that I was that I put my name forth. So, Right, because that, at that point, when we yeah. were interviewing the ministry services crew and having them interview you, it, it did get a bit more public at that point. So now yeah. you're swallowing hard. Yeah. This is serious, and, and here we go. Hey, in, in that whole journey of... <clears throat> reflecting on uh, competence and that fit, uh, reflecting on culture and that fit, and then chemistry and that fit. Um, when when or how maybe did, on your end, did you know you were right for this job? Mm. Um, so I kind of knew that I was right for this job after that third interview. Um, there was actually a real sense of calmness. Um, there was a sense of peace that kind of washed over me almost feeling like God's embrace was around me and letting me know that he was looking out for me. And that at the same time, there was this thrill and excitement that kind of had bubbled up. So that was a good sign for me to know that this was something I actually wanted. And we weren't just sort of going through the journey of um, discovery anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, that was when I said, yes, I want to put my name fully full forth like, you know, to the process. Yeah, I would, I would go for it. And I would say reciprocally on our end, you know, by the end of that third phase, we were feeling pretty good knowing that even before we interview around these three C's, kind of the underlying C is obviously the character C Mm -hmm. and you being around and just evidencing not only the fruit of the spirit in your own life, but the, just the serious mindedness of uh, an aspiring Christ follower, you know, that certainly was something that uh, was obvious to us from there. You know, going through this phase, I think, you know, in each phase, especially because I was in all three of them, um, increasingly, like you said, it felt like God was affirming, hey, this is, I'm seeing this more clearly mm-hmm. than, than yeah. I did at first. And, yeah. you know, this part-time Jamco staffer was all of a sudden, you know, through the competency and through the cultural fit conversation and now through actually relating to the team, this is, this is feeling more and more appropriate where we thought, hey, let's, let's give this a shot. And uh, yeah. when we got to that point, you were into that point. And again, it was one of the places where we got to, we, we talk a lot around here, where we arrive at decisions in a, it seems good to the Holy Spirit in us mm. kind of way. And we all got to that place. And so here we are. Um, <laughs> from here, though, uh, there's been a couple now additional stages of, of kind of progress um, from deciding, I would say now we're on the journey of delivering because <laughs> right. yeah. now you're doing the job and have for a month or so uh, launched into this world that really, especially this time of year, it really doesn't slow down for rookies. Right. So uh, <laughs> talk about what your first month has looked like. How's it been? Yeah, so it's been great so far. Um yeah, it's been really a month of learning, fact-finding as much as possible from each department, um, getting a general understanding of what everybody's worlds are like on a day-to-day basis, uh, getting a general understanding of some of the dynamics from other departments and how to serve them better. So yeah, it's been it's been really great, and then and then also getting to get to know the leadership team too through our weekly meetings also. Yeah. So what have you discovered about your department in ministry services that maybe you didn't know a month ago? Mm. So I've actually realized that we have some very talented and bright individuals who work very hard. They love their work and take pride in the product they deliver to support our church community. Yeah. I mean, um, you've got a great team. Yeah. Yes. And and you know, and I I'm super honored to wo- walk to work alongside each of them. And I'm just really super excited to learn as much as possible from them because 
they are fantastic teachers in their field of expertise. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, similarly, you don't just have this vertical component of your role as a member of the leadership team. You have a horizontal component that you've yeah. kind of plugged into as well. Uh, in one month of meetings and kind of interactions, what yeah. have you discovered about the leadership team that you didn't realize a month ago? Yeah, so in such a short amount of time so far, I've actually really grown very fondly of all seven individuals that make up the leadership team. Um, the level of intelligence, heart, and passion for the church is palpable when we gather each week. I really enjoy seeing how each person's voice matters and that it's okay to have differing opinions. And I'm really being stretched to find my own voice um, in the mix. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a picture of these people that outside of that room, most people never get to see. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, there's times special. you got to yeah. sit there and think, you know, if I could videotape this and just let the church watch this, it would be it would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, I mean, kudos to you for jumping in with both feet. You haven't uh, <laughs> kind of backed off at all. And where you've had ideas or perspective or even contrary opinions, you've shared them. And uh, we've certainly appreciated the way that you've the way that you've jumped in with both feet in that in that regard. Um, when you think back to a month ago and the mm -hmm. discerning and deciding of figuring out, you know, am I a fit for this? How at this point would you be feeling affirmed by God in that decision? Um, yeah, like I, I feel like, again, like I feel like there's this piece that kind of happens that, you know, I know there's so much to learn in that, but at the same time, like it just feels right. There's just something about it that's almost like a puzzle piece in that when it fits, it fits properly in that. And so... I mean, you know, not to be naive or whatever, but I know that for sure there's going to be difficulties down the road or, or whatever as things go. But it's there's just something that's helped to anchor in that I know that I'm in the right position at the right time where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So Very cool. I, I think from my perspective, the and we've talked about this privately, the 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 way I've seen the on paper strengths that we just talked about mm -hmm. now come alive to see the input and learner quickly becoming a, a, a consulting expert to all of these experts in ministry services in their various uh, areas of discipline and to see that achiever orientation Enneagram mm -hmm. 3 putting to-do lists together, developing action plans and working with the department to develop their rally cry for the year and to, yeah. to just envision and plan and strategize the progress for the year. To see that stuff come alive in just a month has been really affirming in the theory of what we're talking about during that discernment and decision stage. Because the best you're going to get in that stage is theory. To see that theory come alive has been has been really encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, the other the other thing that I, I'd love our members to to think about is that as a new leader, your journey of growth and leadership uh, isn't over. You right. haven't arrived. In a lot of ways, you've just begun. And yep. you know, from discernment to decision to now into delivery, th there's also a journey of leadership development. Mm. So just give us a picture of, of where you see your life and leadership going in the sense of, you know, I guess start with how you're seeking to maybe grow the most these days. And, and uh, we'll, we'll get into some other questions as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, so these days, really, I'm really just concentrating a lot on the relational piece of, of development, on getting to really know mm. my team better, um, to understand their worlds better, and how to be able to support them and walk al alongside them so that they can be the best leader that they can be. 
Um, from a tangible leadership skill perspective, I, I do a lot of reading um, leadership conferences. Um, so I'm trying to get my hands on as many resources from outside leaders to sort of glean knowledge from them as well, right? So, so yeah, like this year with the Global Leadership Summit, that was like amazing. And I found like the content was stellar. And so there was so much diversity and different perspectives. And so there was something to be learned from each leader that had presented. Yeah, two weeks yeah. into the job, that was probably a helpful two days. Yes. <laughs> uh, anything that you would say that you're learning about God these days? Um, so what I'm learning about God really is his amazing provision for our lives when we fully surrender and trust. Mm. Um, I've actually started each morning with a trust prayer that I had learned actually from Lisa Turkers, um, her book, Uninvited. I started this prayer actually uh, January 1st of 2019. And the part that I really love about it is where it talks about like, Lord, I trust you because you have a perfect plan with flawless timing already mapped out. I don't need to figure it out. I just need to stay close to you. Each day you will show me what steps to take. You will guide me toward your best. Hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. so that's been something I've been really anchoring into every day awesome. to start. Yeah. Uh, anything in addition to that that you've been learning about yourself in the last month or so? Ooh, I'm learning mostly these days to embrace who I am. Um, and what that means is really embracing my ethnic differences, my cultural differences, my difference as a female leader, um, and then just really stop apologizing for being different and own who I am and to know that that is enough, right? So Devon Franklin at GLS said, right, my difference is my difference. Yeah. So, your greatest difference will be your greatest difference. Yeah. Probably the thing that was most impactful to me in that whole two days. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would certainly affirm that in, in your world as well. To have a single Asian woman yeah. on our leadership team is such a gift in just a month. And rather than feel like you need to fit a mold, I hope that you've heard from God and from us. No, bring more of who you are, mm -hmm. not more of who other people already are. That's yeah. that's yeah. that's not helping anything. Uh, anything that you want to share that you're learning about our church these days now that you've got this fresh insider view? Yeah. Um, so I'm learning our church actually has the opportunity sort of to pave the way for more of an inclusionary community. So for someone mm -hmm. who felt exclusion for most of my life because of being Asian, um, I understand how awful it feels to be not belong or excluded, right? Um, it, it never feels great to be put on the sidelines. So what I'm learning sort of as our church desires to uphold this level of high integrity and to be that church that is not seen as hypocritical or judgmental, right? We desire to be a place that no longer hinders people from from meeting Jesus and knowing him, right? So, yeah. yeah, so that's been really kind of cool to see where we're sort of journeying along right now. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, final question, maybe related to that, because we mentioned before that you're also part of our, grave, uh, our Brave Girls program, uh, leading now the year two cohort. Yeah. Um, when you think about what you're learning about your personal growth and leadership development, um, you know, how are you seeing or, or, or what are you learning specifically about that through that program? Or in what ways do you see what you're learning applicable to the girls in that program? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, the program is amazing. And I really only wish that I had this program when I was in grade six yeah, because, wow. you know, I think it would have changed completely a lot of the choices that I made while I was growing up and um, so, yeah, so it's really, it's been really wonderful to sort of see how, um, 
these girls are being loved by all their leaders and the self-confidence level is being reinforced that they matter, that their voice matters, um, that God desires them to be their best version and, and not to like, you know, um, feel the pressures of having to conform to somebody else and that. So, yeah, like I think my biggest takeaway about personal growth and leadership development should start at a young age and that, right? Like we shouldn't wait mm-hmm. until we're grown up to start working on ourselves and that. So so if we can do that more, I think it creates a better world that we get to live in. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, Alicia, thanks so much for joining us today. Gang, I hope you've been inspired. And if you get the chance on a Sunday morning or during the week to pop in and say hi, get to know Alicia a bit better, uh, I would encourage you to do that. Just a great person and great example of a follower of Jesus that we get to be a part of uh, here in our leadership and our community. Uh, Hope that as we kick off our ministry season, you've been inspired by her journey and maybe even reflect on some ways that you could discern and decide and engage in delivering and in developing your own leadership and influence both in the church and beyond. Uh, We're excited about the ministry season we're in, and we hope that you are too. So thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week as we continue finding our way. Take care. See you.